Welcome to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast. We're so happy you're here to learn about how to create fresh perspectives on profitability, people, productivity, and finding peace in your small business. And today we're going to dive into your productivity and how it impacts everything about your business. I'd like to say hello, business rock stars. My name is Maggie Mongan, and I am your host today. I'm a small business thought leader, tenured master business coach, strategist, even confident for about 20 years now. I am the CEO of Brilliant Breakthroughs, Inc., which is the coaching practice specializing in guiding and simplifying your business brilliance. That's right, you small business owners. And I'm all about improving the underserved small business sector, which is why we're here today. I honestly believe that small businesses are the accelerant of the economy so much so that inadvertently I founded a number one best-selling business book series for small businesses. Now, don't worry, we'll talk about that a little later. But most importantly, like all good things, I didn't do it alone. I invited truly tenured experts to join me in our authoring process. And today, we have with us as a guest, one of our tenured experts, number one international best-selling business author, Dr. Dennis Hill. Dennis, welcome. Hey, I can hear the crowd screaming if there were any in the auditorium, right? <laughs> Thank you, Maggie. It's always a pleasure to be here um, on your podcast. And obviously I'm honored to be affiliated with the Brilliant Breakthrough series. Thank you. Thank you. Now, listeners, it's important that you know who Dr. Dennis Hill is because he works with small and medium business owners, helps them integrate their business systems to streamline operations, align their workers. Okay, now that's an important one. Hmm. Bet we're going to be talking about that perhaps a little. And I know that's going to be in conversation over the next year as well. But let's get back to that business systems to streamline operations, align workers. Why? So you can improve your productivity and profitability. Dennis, congratulations. You became a number one international best-selling business author this past year. And I, and I had my doubts every minute until people started buying it. There we go. So <laughs> thank you very much, very, very much for allowing me to be part of the program. All right. So let's talk about this. You authored a chapter in volume four. And volume four is the one that has a beautiful purple color cover. And it's titled Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. Fresh Perspectives on Profitability, People, Productivity, and Finding Peace in Your Business. Now, why we mention the color of the cover is important. All of the books have the same title. So hang with us, That's, that matters. Dennis, you uh, wrote your chapter and I absolutely love it. It's titled Integrate for Well-Managed Intentional, Intentional Growth, not Get Lucky Growth. No, I, I feel that that's a leading statement. So I will respond to that <laughs> with one preamble, if I may. If you do buy the wrong color book, that's okay. There's four of them in the series. There'll be a fifth at the end of this year. Buy them all. 
They're, they're less expensive than a board of directors. Mm. And I think you'll find the information far more valuable from experienced uh, small business owners that are all co-authors. They're very, very bright people with uh, proven ideas. So let me put a, a, a plug in there for all the other volumes. I mean, that, that would be great. And they're not that expensive, really. You're going you're gonna to waste more money. Um, Talking uh, to friends yeah, and just, family. Oh, go down the wrong road. So, and as we said earlier, if you ask the wrong questions, you're guaranteed to get the wrong answers, hmm. right? If you don't have a plan, any road will get you there. It just takes a little longer, right? Well, that is true. And that's kind of where we're at on this point. Um, the, there's, there is this need for people uh, and I think small business owners are not excluded from this, uh, who go into situations thinking that they have to be experts in every single field of running a business. And at the end of the day, that's really not what's required. What's required is having the right resources, asking the right questions, and then having the wherewithal to see it through the end of the day. Okay. So that's some tenured wisdom that Dennis just dropped. And I'm really thrilled that you're with us. I know your schedule is very busy, but I, I believe our listeners are in for a treat today. We really need experts like you, Dennis, sharing your wisdom to help us navigate through these innovative and transformative times that we're now in. And should we just dive right into our conversation and see Absolutely. if we can wow everyone a little bit? Let's do it. Let's roll up our sleeves and jump in. Okay. Should I share what we're titling this episode? Please. Kicking off 2021. Okay, kicking off. This is a kickoff. Some people are still a little behind on 2021, and that's okay. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter when, it matters that you do kick off 2021. And yeah. while you're doing that, yeah. kick out. 2020, because some people have carried their 2020 into 2021, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to crack this one open, aren't we? We are. We're going to hit this pretty hard because kicking off 2021, even if it comes in December of 2021, because you are impeded by government regulation or by staffing challenges or by other, or maybe God forbid, another pandemic, another cycle of a variant, which we hear about and read about almost every week now. Uh, it doesn't really matter. What you need to do is come through this crisis um, and recognize the best practices that fit your business and keep to it. Keep to it. Kick out 2020 as an anomaly. Nobody's going to remember it maybe in five or six years. Do you remember the earthquake in Haiti 11 years ago? Only because I bring it up. So 11 years from now, we're not even going to be thinking about the pandemic of 2020. We're not. We're going to be on to a whole new level of performance in our economy, and everybody will be back to whatever the next normal is at that point. Well, that's a very valid point, Dennis, because we have a recession that happened in 2008, and a lot of us have already forgotten about that. Yeah. So I, I understand what you're saying. And unique uh, first-time events tend to blur after a while. You know, we learn from them and we move forward. And that's kind of where we're at here. 2020 was just a year of unusual once-in-a-lifetime firsts. And we're right. still very much, as you mentioned earlier, involved in living among and dealing with those circumstances. Even now, as we approach April, many of us have grown from 
a state of confusion, fear, and uncertainty with an anxious now, although not reckless abandon, desire to return to something that's normal. But that is probably not going to happen too quickly. Entire industries like arts and entertainment are not expected to return to pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, pre-2020 levels until 2025, if at all. You know, some of these nonprofit organizations are simply going out of business. There's no fundraising because there's no funding out there and people are keeping their powder dry. But people have also grown accustomed, for example, to watching new movies released at home. Why do you want to run off to a big theater except for the smell of um, beautifully buttered popcorn and, and <laughs> Coke spilled on the floor and, you know, whatever. Ick. <laughs> Educational systems remain in flux and will for years because there's this debate over in-person versus remote learning. And what do we do if uh, somebody comes in sick? What happens if there's a variant that does start attacking children? What are we going to do then? So we're not, we're not out of this at all. And, uh, and lastly, uh, a good example is the gig economy, which was already kind of on the rise um, it, and, and composed of a global workforce. It consists of many part-time workers engaged in performing services from anywhere in the world, certainly from home. That will continue to evolve. I've seen companies move out of our own place, companies that have been here for dozens of years, simply because people have learned to work remote and they're comfortable with that. So why pay for all this overhead of bricks and mortar when it's not necessary? So companies will continue to evolve, retool, repurpose, and realign their workforce to doing business with a lot less risk. Even small business owners, think about it. Did you even think about risk? Did you think about the downsides? Or, or were you like that one commercial, I think they're selling insurance on TV and they've got the gal in the flower shop and, and the flowers are all singing and animated and she's sitting there sweeping and enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, this lady comes wheeled out on a, on a gurney by a paramedic because what she was sweeping up was water on the floor and somebody slipped and broke their leg. Mm. It makes that beautiful panacea, that utopic dream of my business just all of a sudden become this dark mass of nightmare because <laughs> something goes wrong and you can kick yourself now for the next several weeks in a funk, disappointed in yourself that you didn't give the downside or the risk side enough attention. Okay. So I guess Dennis just shared where we're headed <laughs> yeah. and, and you have uh a gift of being ahead of the curve. So thank you for saying, okay, folks, it's, it's time to step up to the next round. It is. And we've matured, haven't we? This, this year has really matured us in many, many ways. Uh, people who were marginal in terms of their business acumen or the, the viability of their company have gone under, uh, maybe to resurrect it again someday. But the sad thing is, uh, the pandemic pushed people to ask questions that we could have always been asking all, all along, right? We had the first SARS back at the same time as we had that last, um, uh, you know, the recession of 2008, right? The second, the SARS-2 came out around 2008, 2009, which only complicated things. And we've forgotten that. Right. So risk is a four-letter word that small business owners take, 
but now must take more seriously given the practical issues that the pandemic's brought to bear. We need to have our eyes wide open. All right, so we have learned to do more with less in Mm -hmm. the last year or so, but how is this impacted by your notion of we must integrate? I don't know what it is with you, Maggie. You get to the heart of these issues with, with these Usually it's the second or third question into our interview where you come up with this point. And I'm like, where did she come up with that? Uh, Right. Okay. So integration, integration, integration. All right. You wrote about it in the book. Yeah. Integrate for well-managed intentional growth. Yes. We've learned, but we still need to learn more. Well, there are, the, the rate of learning is somewhat slow on average because as business owners, we tend to have, and I'm, I'm stereotyping, and if you're a humble, quiet, introverted business owner out there and started this thing, please send me, please contact me, please tell me who you are, because I would love to hear your story. Most small business owners I know are just the opposite. They're extroverts, they're judgmental, they tend to be um, fairly firm in their thought processes. In, in other words, opinionated Um, strong strong (laughs) yes strong egos and and so they don't want to consider the the viability of their company coming to an end because of something that was out of their control Mm -hmm. because nothing's out of their control so isolating and interfacing we've already talked about time and time again are far less efficient and carry far greater costs than integrating Market demand, for example, was put on hold for the vast majority of businesses around the world in the last year. Virtually all business owners became laser focused on what? Curbing their cost and identifying necessary activities for the customer to be retained as a matter of what? Survival. Right. It wasn't any, you know, if, if you were blessed with remote working services to begin with, like one of my companies, we saw barely a, a, a change in the heartbeat. We, we got through this fact, we moved the company after being at one location for over 30 years to the research park and being part of the technology center the last weekend of March. Oh, well, here, I wanna share with you, there was a big shift and I was getting phone calls from clients and soon to be clients who were saying, this thing that's happening. We don't know quite what it is, but I got to get ahead of it. Yeah. And I was working like almost, well, there was no almost 70 hours a week for the month of March. And it, it was because the demand was so great. So it was all about survival. Yeah. And now I'm hoping that many have moved to, we've survived. Now let's get back to thriving. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what really made it an issue of survival was the amount of time people had to pivot because the amount of uh, speculation that covered the news last year, and I'm going to say it that way, I don't like use the term fake news or anything like that because it wasn't. It was the amount of speculation that was out there. What could happen if that could happen, if we don't do this, if we don't do that. We're far more educated now, but that speculation is what led to the fear, uncertainty, and doubt that occupied everybody's time and attention. We witnessed, though, 
the adaptability and agility of companies' fabric, the very fabric of it, watching those who failed close up shop temporarily and in some cases permanently, not to ignore the businesses that were prevented from pivoting and managing change because of circumstances beyond their control. <laughs> like I had one client who died, died April 3rd last year. So it's almost his annual, you know, his first anniversary of his death. That company went completely down, uh, completely shut down because it was really driven by him. He fulfilled, he literally manned the machines and took the orders. That's a whole different matter. But integration affords us a seamlessness that eliminates wasteful activities. Now, you don't have to be under the pressure of a pandemic or some other huge catalyst in order to understand that things simply make things work better by integrating them. And that's an objective uh, opinion. That's not uh, a totally subjective. It's not qualitative, it's quantitative. Seamless processes themselves, as we kind of talked about in our last episode, I'm going to repeat it here, but more distinctly, seamless processes equal seamless workers. Mm, got it. Okay. That makes sense. No more impromptu meetings at the water cooler of wasting time or running over from this office to the other in order to hand off a piece of paper or trigger something. It's all part of the system. And seamless workers and seamless processors can be seen simply as one and the same result from integrating the business under the leanest conditions. Okay. Now, I don't know if anyone would want to argue with you over that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a pause here. Well, I'm, being, I'm being a little cheeky because you're correct. Well, we, we want lean, right? We, we don't yeah. want to be paying for service contracts on equipment that basically doesn't require one. We you know how many people will buy a service contract when they're at the office uh, store and picking up uh, a computer or a copier or a phone or something. They're like, would you like a service contract on that? No, it's just another way for you to make more money off of me. It's got a one-year warranty. It'll last twice as long or three times. And it's so cheap, I'll just buy it again very short-sighted. That's not what we're talking about, right? We're, we're talking about labor and repetitive activities in an organization that can be eliminated by having an integrated system so that you're not having to do all those isolated and interfaced operations that often involve manual processing off the radar. Right. Okay. So in volume four, the purple cover, that came out in 2020 in our book series, you focused on productivity rising from integration. In 2021, which is volume five, you're going to shift, you're going to pivot the conversation that that big P word everybody's saying these days, I think it should be profitability, but everybody's still caught up on pivot. Um, you're gonna pivot the conversation and you're going to shift us to start focusing on profitability. Some people say they're the same. What's your opinion? Unfortunately, they're not. And, and I'll right. tell you why. The, the issue for many business owners stems from their lack of understanding how to integrate. Now, last episode, we spent a lot of time on the where and the who, and now we're to the how. 
you can go out and buy an accounting package that seems to all plug and play very nicely with the uh, billing and accounts uh, receivable or the purchasing and the accounts payable and the flow to the general ledger. And maybe we'll throw payroll in there or contract that out and have it flow into the general ledger, whatever it might be. But the reality is if you don't understand where your issues are, who your issues may be, and we want everybody aligned, we want everybody kind of working towards the same goal, then uh, they bought systems and software that actually in the end generate work. Mm. They, they create work. If I want to create a filing system that's purely electronic, for example, I will resort to a system supplied on my Mac or PC and we start creating these folder systems and then we put them on a shared drive and then we want everybody to align themselves to the shared drive folder system. And most of the time when you have more than three people, somebody's going to do their own thing. They fall apart right away. I might have enough knowledge to select a cloud solution, the different how, like Dropbox, iCloud, or OneDrive, but these are not all interoperable or even compatible. So even that is changing as software providers are providing greater integration between themselves and competing products. That was a taboo years ago. You could never get Lotus 123 to talk to Microsoft, Microsoft Excel or VisiCalc, for those of you who remember the very first spreadsheet that was out there. So just because you can do something and call it integrated doesn't mean that you should. It doesn't mean that it's immediately a profitable result. It may not even be um, the right solution. You can over-design your processes, uh, for example, and these discussions often lead to a failure in implementing integrated solutions. You can over-design the process to be overly integrated, yielding even greater costs when exceptions occur. And I'll give you a perfect example of that. Please. Uh, oh, go ahead. Please, no, please do. Oh, okay. I, th I, I thought you were saying, wait, uh, but you were saying, please. Okay. So we have a contractor and they have a, a, a contracting program and they're in the construction trade. So the, the costing is very complicated. It involves unions and and office staff who are not union. And it's a, it's a, a nice operation. I would classify them as a uh, as an SMB, uh, because their um, uh, census count is 20 people in the office and I don't know, 160 people in the field. And, um, you know, some, some people listening to this podcast are saying, my gosh, I, I'm, I, I can't even see growing beyond four. Trust me, if you see it, you will make it happen. So see it first. And these people, so they number a little under 200 and, um, and their revenues are in the tens of millions, which is great. They're not at hundred million although I think they'd like to be there someday and they will be if they keep doing what they're doing. But they wanted a planning schedule. They wanted to see all their jobs in a nice graphical way up on, on the screen. Well, a planning system is not the same thing as a scheduling system. Correct. Okay, and the president made it very clear. I do not want to build a scheduling system. That's gonna be really people-driven I wanna build just the planner. I wanna see the jobs in the timeline. I wanna be able to move them around. I wanna be able to move the segments of jobs between crews and so forth. And we put that together for them in about two months. And it was how many, it was interesting. I should have done a little stroke chart to find out how many times somebody stood at the front of that rabbit hole, ready to jump into it to over-design. 
the planner because they were thinking it should be a scheduler. Okay. Wouldn't it be nice if it would automatically accommodate this ripple in timing if we could just move this one block here? No, because the minute the system is doing that, the system is doing the scheduling, not the scheduler. So there, you can over-design it. I have to tell you, this company is subject to cancellations that day because of bad weather, uh, ill people on the crew, uh, other scheduled priorities because they're behind on, on another job. They're going to move people around. This schedule, this calendar can shift daily. It may not shift hour to hour, but it certainly will shift daily. And so you can over-design that, even though the thing is completely integrated with their underlying construction management system. Totally integrated. Okay. So what I'm saying is if you don't know what you're doing and you don't know what questions to ask and you don't stick to the game plan with an experienced integrator, you're in trouble. Well, and chances are you're going to create something that is a monster and isn't needed. It's not only not needed, it won't be used. You're going to put a ton of money out there into something or a ton of effort. And as an, MB, as a, as an SMB or as a small business owner, you are the most valuable person in the organization. Take your annual sales, divide them by 2080, and that is your rate per hour. That's not your dream, that's your rate per hour. You want, to, <laughs> you, you want that to be on the hundreds, if not the thousands of dollars per hour. Now ask yourself, do you really want to be maintaining uh, an order Excel spreadsheet? Do you really want to be keeping your receipts of inventory on a spreadsheet or a worse yet, a, a, what do you call those things? A clip chart? Oh, clipboard. Right? Clipboard. Yeah, clipboard right. with the C. I'm so obsolete with the old technology. I'm into the night. I don't even know what the words are anywhere. Right. A clipboard by the receiving deck. I mean, that's just crazy. Just crazy. So you can open design so your old century. <laughs> yeah. Well, it does go back to Adam Smith. And I remember when he was talking to me about the pin factory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I did say tenured experts, but you're not that old. Thank God. <laughs> okay. But I read all of his stuff, you know, and I read, I've read, and and business owners deprive themselves of the greatest force for social and business progress when they don't keep up on their field. And that doesn't mean keep up on every single detail that could possibly go right or wrong in a business. Just keep up on your field, read and read something once a month. I, I, I know I'm probably advancing the, the schedule here a little bit. Read something on anything once a month, like Dune's coming out with a whole new version this October. Epic, epic, going to blow away the 1985 one. Well, if you've never read Dune or Frank Herbert, you've never read good science fiction. And yet this is probably going to be the, the 2001 A Space Odyssey of our time. So why, why would I do that? To read, just read. To read. 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 Reading isn't fundamental. Reading is necessary for successful business people. It's a trait that they all have in common. It is. It is. Okay. So thank you for the example because productivity and profitability are not interchangeable. It's very different. Right. So like the start of this series where then, um, let me say that again, like the start of this series 
where then shall that's still not coming across right where then <laughs> where then where where then <laughs> shall we begin at the end of this process ah okay yeah. the the end every ending is just a new beginning it is it is begin with the end in mind but the yes. end just just like um author Anne mank her character annie works her journey to the summit of a mountain mm -hmm. and that's where the chapter story ends but there's still another uh, milestone to be achieved so every end does have a new beginning i believe that wholeheartedly absolutely and uh Small business owners experience that almost on a daily basis, if not more times in a day. Correct. Because it, it goes to their relationships with their employees, with their suppliers, with their customers. And we live in an, an era where I call it rel tech. You know, you've heard about FinTech, which is finance technology, or HR tech, which is human resource technology. I call it rel tech for, for uh, relationship technology. And uh, examining our businesses for these gaps and processes locations of isolation and interfaces that require ongoing attention and maintenance is where it starts. That's, that's, that process uh, requires you to look at the daily tasks you're doing from a sales order process, a purchase order process, an accounting process, payroll process, just to start. And then identify the who's, the people, um, the what's, the deliverables, the asking yourself are there impediments to sharing information among all these departments? And by reference, all my workers, my customers, my suppliers. Streamlining by integrating will save labor, will lower risks, and will support a plan for growth at both the top and bottom lines. But we have to recognize that this analysis is in itself a process. It's one that people would call continuous improvement, for example, a process that can be triggered routinely as part of annual planning or as needed in response to a, a, an event where you wanna do a root cause analysis of failure. I'm an expert in root cause analysis of success. And so I look at things differently um, and, and that provides some good so cannon fodder for what you've got to embark on because business is a battle. But so we begin with implementing a process that enables us to establish this continuous improvement in and across our organization and with those we serve. Okay, Dennis, continuous improvement, dot, 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 <laughs> of what? Well, at the grandest scale, it's continuous improvement of our business as a whole. Uh, but the customer experience, the seamless processes, the innovation of introducing new products and services, and the alignment of our people with our overall business objectives are also continuously improved. So at day's end, we are trying to continuously improve what? Our profitability, for there's no other reason to have a for-profit company if it isn't to improve our profitability. Okay, I think everybody can understand that. That makes sense. Do you have any closing comments about 2021 and what comes next? Well, I, I've done a little bit of uh, prognosticating as opposed to 
procrastinating. <laughs> uh, nobody's been procrastinating. At least I can't, and my people can't on on this watch as we can, you know, convert or whatever from 2019 to 2020. Manage through that through however long it takes us in 2021. But what we learn is this, we've heard it many, many times. Everybody listening to this podcast, you've heard this. I know it sounds redundant, but I'm going to give you a little different spin on it. Change is ever constant. You might have heard it with the only thing constant in the universe is change. We have learned to adapt to extreme changes in our business and personal conditions over the past year or so. I believe that our economy will recover and become stronger than ever if we commit ourselves to the practices that we learned and the best practices that we've implemented over the past year. And I'm certain we have had a little bit of trial and error there, trying to figure out really what is a good practice, what is a best practice. And if virtual outreach has worked well for you, then commit to continuing it. If revamping your marketing has shown positive results, commit to continuing it. If events of 2020 have revealed islands of isolation, broken bridges of interfacing and opportunities to integrate, then do not procrastinate in addressing these things commit to continuing it uh, in a way that we're talking about here. 2020 has been a wake-up call and everyone listening to this podcast can smell the aroma of 2021 brewing. Continue to manage change, looking to the next normal in 2022, or it will surely manage you. Ooh, very important. Manage it or it will manage you manage it or somebody else may be managing your business. Yeah, that's very true. Lead your business or someone else will be leading the marketplace, your marketplace. Very true, Dennis. Thank you. Thank you so much. Listeners, this is how you can learn more and engage with number one international bestselling business author, Dennis Hill. Start by reading chapter six in volume four of the book, Brilliant Breakthroughs for the Small Business Owner. And Dennis is has penned in the amethyst-covered book. And gift your business performance by accepting the invitation to simplify your small business success that Dennis is offering you at the bottom of his author's page at the end of his chapter. Plus, at the end of the chapter, he has all those wonderful social media handles for you to connect with him too and stay abreast of what he's up to because he's a happening kind of a guy. He's smiling right now, I bet. (laughs) Okay, and once you have a moment, go ahead and download our app for the book series. You are going to be amazed at what is there. Go to your app store and type Brilliant Biz Book. I'll say that again. Brilliant Biz Book. And download the app. Once you're there, I'd like for you to go ahead and click on the feature that's titled Ask an Expert. And you'll see Dennis Hill's name there. Click on it. Type the question. He has some really great uh, episodes here that he shared. This is number five. Go back, listen to his other ones. They begin with episode 155. And if you type a question, he'll send back an answer. I know he will, right? Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Okay. Dennis, I want to thank you for your time and your wisdom sharing today. You rock. You keep us going. This has been great for me, Maggie. It's a shame we have to bring this series to an end, but it is just 
a new beginning. <laughs> yes, indeed it is. And um, we look forward to your wisdom sharing in volume five coming out in November of 2021. And listeners, we appreciate you listening to the Brilliant Breakthroughs Business Podcast, where you learn about how to create more brilliant breakthroughs for your small business. Shine brightly until next week. <laughs>